0: Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? This is Appetite for Distortion.
1: Welcome to the podcast Appetite for Distortion. It is uh Brando. Welcome to e- episode uh, 73, the Michael Ryder of episodes. Do you understand that Ryder? Wow. Yeah, see, you did. Yeah. I looked that, see? I looked that up, Mr. Mitchell Yeah. Yes.
2: Welcome or welcome back or night no, you're not on my show. I'm on your show. Good.
1: <laughs> yes, the uh, the almighty Mitch Lafon, of course, from Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon on Westwood One, on uh, Chris yes. Jericho's uh, part of Chris, Chris Jericho's network. Stupid idiot. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, I still. Every time I got a chance, anytime I get a chance to play some uh, some Jericho. You just made the list. I will always do so. So you're a nice excuse. You're an excuse to talk Jericho and also talk hockey, uh, Mitch Lafon. I was actually trying to look up. Uh, an Islander, number seventy-three, but apparently they haven't. I've have have never had one, so I figured, you know what? Let's go with a Canadian for the Canadians.
2: There you go. But I need to to uh, to talk to you quickly about Alan Niven. I I introduced you to uh, to Alan. You yeah. did a great episode with him, and two two episodes. He- Two episodes, and so he he's now become your friend. And I keep thinking to myself, so I'm so glad I didn't introduce you to my wife for crying out loud.
1: <laughs> you took over. I know you, it's, you it's took so, my Alan. No, you talk to him like every day, if, just yeah. like you. I mean, you were like you said, uh, you were nice enough to introduce to him to to me just to for an interview. But the fact that Alan and I, you know, kind of connected personally, and not just talk hockey, but just but talk life, is. Uh, it was pretty cool and and kind of surreal. So I'm kind of feeling like the Mitch thing, where I don't know, like you kind of like where am I at the moment? Am I really just trading pictures of of hockey jerseys back and forth in, in an email with the former Guns Guns and Roses manager? So it's it's very cool. So thanks for thanks for making us friends, Mitch. It's a, yeah,
2: <laughs> and you, and jokes aside though, Alan is great though. I mean the, the stories he tells and you know on on my show we we try to keep it maybe a little more pc a little more clean and and then he comes on your show and it's unleashed and it's it's more <laughs> pure and raw and and you know it's it's great that he has that or that you have a show a show that allows that voice to come out and and he's just a great human being i mean you know we don't talk guns and roses pretty much ever just like you it's all about hockey and 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 the weather in Montreal and and just all that stuff and and so it's it's nice that he connected with you and it's nice that he can come on and and uh, you know tell you those GNR stories that make a GNR podcast uh, you know fun to listen to.
1: I know. Now it it is very cool. And again, it's not just like the GNR, but the other stuff that we get to talk about. So we meet the man you know, behind the the GNR, I guess. And that's what this podcast is all about. Right. And, you know, that was initially why, you know, we interviewed Alex Grassi, who's going to be our, our guest uh, for today, calling up in just a few minutes. Uh, we spoke to him. I, I just forget what episode is what at this point. I just know that we have 73. But the first time we, of course, we interviewed Alex from, from Quiet Riot because he's in Hookers and Blow with Dizzy Reed. So there's the GNR connection. We got to find all... About him. Right. And he introduced me to to Don Jameson. So it's just a really, again, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, G&R Bacon of how you you, meet people, which is just super cool. So in addition to, you know, meeting you, Mitch, and this, you know, we interviewed you the first time we spoke, and then you co-hosted with Alan. So you're going to be a co-host again for this episode, which means, I mean, I guess you can be unleashed on my podcast uh, as, I could, but you all. But do you have sound effects on yours? Is that? Is, I don't have
2: change? any drops. Uh, it's it's just a very natural kind of thing. But you are get some. Uh, yeah, I should get some like John Tavares Toronto drops or something. I was to waiting.
1: It... I was waiting I... for that reference. I was like, am I really, I haven't really spoken publicly about. <laughs> well, I did a, you know, a couple of joking uh, Twitter comments, and again, I know we're heard all over the world, but there are still plenty of Canadians and uh, NHL fans. Uh, all over, yeah. My beloved John Tavares from the Islanders, their best player they've had in in decades, leaves Ever. to go north of the the border to go to the Maple Leaves. But whatever, that is not a part of uh, this conversation because I'm bitter, and that is not a part of news. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a part of NHL news. We can talk about hockey off the air with Alan <laughs> Niven. With Alan, but I'm, I yeah, appreciate listen. you getting your shot in, and you were we were thinking along the same line. I'm like, how far into the conversation is Mitch going to wait until he, he brings up John Tavares? <laughs> so it's well,
2: I had to drop so that in there, but 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 we'll we'll move away from hockey, but we'll we'll end with that. Just that the three of us, you, me, and Alan, uh, between our our Canadians, our Coyotes, and our Islanders. Uh, 2018, 2019 is going to be very,
1: very long and sad <laughs> and heartbreaking. I, uh, but, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I digress. Of course, this is a Guns N' Roses, uh, podcast, you know, uh, as much as I would love to talk about, uh, hockey. Although we could talk maybe if Seattle adds a team. We know Duff would be become a, a fan of that. He still cries about a Supersonics huge, uh, uh, a Seahawks fan, but as far as the current news, um, I first got to thank uh, Alternative Nation. If you missed the last episode, because I really have to thank Mia Mina Caputo from from Life of Agony. Uh, just what a conversation we had! You know, much like with Alan Niven, it just got super cerebral. It was just a really intelligent conversation about politics and and self love and 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 gender and and. and And that's on, again, on a Guns N' Roses podcast. And it all started from her audition for Velvet Revolver. Now, this seemed to be like an untold story. I had no idea uh, because she just never really spoke about it before. So um, Alternative Nation transcribed some of the comments. I don't know. I mean, Alan, you're a super uh, (laughs) – I'm calling you by the wrong person's name, Mitch. Uh, I know you're a super busy dude, so I don't expect you to listen to another two-hour podcast that's not yours. But uh, a brief um, clip I want to play from Mina before we get to to Alex Grossi calling up. It would be interesting if v- Velvet Revolver, because I, I think they, they never officially called it quits, even though, and of course, this is before Scott officially, you know, when he passed away, but they were looking for a singer. So they tried out some people. Uh, Mina got, a, got some music and was told to write some lyrics and vocals over it. She was... Uh, overseas at the time, so she wasn't in studio with them. So this was a comment about one of the songs that she wrote about uh, for Velvet Revolver, if you missed uh, the last episode.
3: One of the reasons why I don't think I
1: did... Oh, actually, this is... I, I spoke about so much. This is one. The, this is why she said she thinks that she didn't get the gig, but also what she wrote about.
3: One of the reasons why I don't think I did get any further because it was actually about killing myself. Mm. But um, the way... I wrote the song melodically and lyrically. It was just, I thought it was kind of brilliant, but I guess maybe that lyrical content might've been too, too heavy or too controversial, like because the chorus or the pre-chorus, how, however you want to core it was, I wanted to, kill, wanted to kill, I wanted to kill, I wanted to kill, I wanted to kill, you know, um, and, you know, it just ended, I wanted to kill myself. And then, you know, Boom, going into Slash's
1: solo. I can kind of hear it now, like, as a Velvet song. So, I mean, I know Slash now... A
0: positive message. Uh,
1: yeah, well, I mean, think about, you know, what's going on in the world now. She obviously wrote that song several years ago. Uh, this was right after Scott was was fired, so this was... It, it, suicide, I mean, we talk about it on this podcast, not to get right into it, but suicide is more... In I hate to say it this way is like in the mainstream now with all these celebrities. So who knows what lyrics like like that? How they would be received in two thousand eighteen? And I was also just thinking about that the uh, Nirvana song released post mortem. Hey, That's like one of my favorite Nirvana songs, ironically ever. Uh, talking about how he's she's screaming that he's in pain. So yeah, sometimes these lyrics are really. Difficult to, to listen to, but I guess that's kind of the point, you know, of them. And uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I, I was still, I, I know Dave Kushner wants Velvet Revolver. He he still lives back in, the, in those days and, and appreciates it. I know Matt Sorm was recently quoted about saying Velvet Revolver was the best time of his life. Can you imagine that? Uh, so who knows with all these side projects in addition to Guns N' Roses what the future may bring. But that's just me kind of. You know, hoping, for, uh, uh, hoping.
2: I was just gonna say, I think if if you or I interview Slash any time in the next year or two or or soon, I'm that sure be worked. our first
1: question. <laughs> first question, if it, just-
2: sure, it should be. It should be. Hey Slash, uh, you've had a great tour with Guns and Roses, but uh fans want to know: Is uh, Velvet Revolver still? Uh, Looking for a Singer.
1: That's kind of funny, actually, because out of all the years where it's like, yeah, yeah, that was a great tour with Velvet, or that was a great tour solo with Miles. Yeah, what about Guns N' Roses? And he was getting sick of all those questions. So let's just start peppering him with unnecessary Velvet Revolver questions. (laughs) That's a good idea. I I appreciate it.
2: That that would be a great way to make sure that you you connect right off the first question and (laughs) and have a great, long,
1: long chat. I I mean, you know. You might appreciate it. it. (laughs) who knows he might be like what out of of everything that you want to ask me that's the first question uh the only thing worse maybe if you asked him like will there be uh, a third snake pit record (laughs) who knows uh and another bit of um uh shotgun news as, as well and we were talking about this a bit off the air with the release hot off the release of the the box set which i don't know if you've gotten any increment of uh, I've got two versions of it I've got oh, the yeah? four and the two yes sir oh nice okay I got the Spotify free version
2: <laughs> so. no, that's, a good, that's a good version but no no I've, listen uh, it's funny because I got the, uh, the I guess the sort of semi-deluxe version with the four CDs and it comes with a book and the tattoos and all that and Alan Niven was right I took the CDs I burned them in my computer ah. threw them on my phone I have not looked at the book I don't care about the freaking tattoos I just wanted the music, and then I i don't know why I got the two CD version, I guess for posterity, but I got both, and they look good, and they sound good, and, and you know what I did, and this is going to be uh, a shock to a lot of GNR fans, but I made a playlist using all the songs on the um, box set, so 87 songs or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and then I interspersed uh, all the Chinese democracy songs. I made a playlist where oh, they yeah. sort of all blended. And it's like, what? I'm telling you, those Chinese democracy songs are good. They were just in the wrong context. All together on one CD, didn't work, but apart, you know, and thrown in between My Michelle and Welcome to the Jungle, they work. They're fine.
1: I agree. And I think a lot of fans do that because I do the same thing too. It is uh, pretty cool. And uh, it, it's actually making me think why Axel is still continuing to play. That stuff with the newer, uh, you know, with Slash and Duff who weren't a, a part of the the, the the making of those tunes. I think he just wants it to be all under one umbrella. Like this was Guns N' Roses, you know, no matter what, yeah. you know, incarnation of it, this was the brand. And this was the music made under the brand. And I want to continue that. And I think it's maybe an extension of that, uh, and them playing Slither, you know, which we we embrace all of it under this great brand yeah, with the R uh, of music, so it is interesting, yeah. and on the heels of that, I mean, whatever increment you got, even the free version that I got, uh, Appetite for Destruction, 29 years later, so we're recording this uh, Thursday, July 2nd, so this billboard doesn't come out until in for another couple of days, has re-entered the top 10. Appetite for Destruction yeah. in the top 10, beating out... Such a brilliant act, because we're going to be talking about these same artists and, and in 29 years, because I know you're a huge fan of XX Extension and Lil Baby. Yeah. So, Appetite yeah. for Destruction beat out. And, uh, and Luke Combs, well, I'm sure we'll be talking about them in 30 years, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Now, I think you said July 2nd. We're July 12th today, just Oh, to- oh did oh. I? Thank you for... I believe so. It is saying... Uh, it w- either way... I believe you because yeah. it's a good chance to organically say, if I sound more nasally today, I'm fighting the good fight of allergies. I have tissue stuck up my nose uh it's just i don't know what it is pollen just decided to say fuck you today so i've been sneezing and i just don't want to get boogers all over the microphone so be let's be happy that you're in montreal and i'm in new york city we're not in the same studio because it would just be a <laughs> mess it would be a mess so if i said uh july 2nd i'll blame the cloud and that i'm being uh kind of i'm feeling kind of spacey
2: <laughs> a, flame, a, a phlegm festival no but as far as billboard goes listen it's it's great to see an album like that pop back into the into the top 10 and it's, by the way it's nice to have the box set out because it's only a year late it was supposed to be part of the North American tour and stuff last year and got delayed and got delayed and got delayed but here it is uh, I will I will caution though that the numbers on Billboard are skewed because every disc in a box set counts as a separate unit sold so you take the numbers. Most of these box sets are four CDs. You know, there's, there, there uh-huh. is a two version, and then, oh, that's weird, right? So whatever the the numbers are, you have to divide by four. So mm. uh, for actual buyers, like you know, like Kiss has a has a great history of saying the Kissology DVDs have sold a million, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, actually, you sold 250,000, and it was times four because it was four discs. So same thing happening here, but listen, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's back in the top 10 almost 30 years later. I mean, regardless of the skewing, it's still a a great little accomplishment.
1: Can you think of, because you're more of a historian than I am, can you think of any other record that could do that? Oh, easily. I mean, you know, you look at any band, like a Metallica,
2: like a Kiss, if they were to do a deluxe reissue of the Black Album, you know, Metallica's Black Album, 4-Disc yep. mm-hmm. Edition, it, it
1: would be top hey, 10. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, no, I I think you're right. Uh, Alex Grossi joining us on the phone. So do hey, you, guys. So do you agree Ooh. with that? We were talking about how Appetite for Destruction just got uh, top 10 on the Billboard charts. Yeah, isn't that years. crazy?
3: It's awesome. It's so cool.
2: Like, it is right. Good are day, the Alex. I haven't spoken to you in a while, by the way.
3: How you doing, Mitch?
2: Good, good. I will be seeing you in a, in a few weeks here in Montreal and Ottawa. But uh, yeah, let's get back to this discussion. It, it's it, it is great that it's back in the top ten. It, you know, because rock is dead, and
1: uh, <laughs> well, according well, to it Gene is, Simmons,
3: you know, you know, rock nowadays is. But it, it, it just goes to show that real rock can still kind of persevere. You know, That's
1: mm. cool.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: it really does.
1: I think that's why right. you, uh, Alex is persevering, why Quiet Rye could still go out and, and be an in suction in-demand. And that's why we're talking uh, with Alex. Gros- Where are you calling from, by the way, Mr.
3: I'm in Vegas right now. I have a, couple, a, week, a week and a half off before I go back out with QR and um, just uh, tying up some loose ends, taking some time off, hanging out with my girlfriend and my dogs.
1: Oh, I'm very sorry about your, your Vegas nights because uh, Mitch and I were just talking hockey as well.
3: You know what? It's weird. That whole thing, Clinton I never was a hockey fan. I'm a big baseball fan, and it kind of happened so quick because the, the team started out here, and the next thing you know, they're, like, in the finals, and they're going to possibly win. And I apparently, if you had put, like, 20 bucks down at the beginning of the season for them to go where they went to, you would be like a millionaire. <laughs> whatever, the Vegas, whatever the Vegas odds were, I'm like, whoa. I mean, I, I, did, I don't follow hockey, but it, it was crazy out here during that
1: time. It was nuts. I think you got to get wow. into it though, because uh, that it, it was nuts. Uh, Mitch and I would have conversations, uh, even off air, with uh, with former GNR manager Alan Niven, just talking about the Vegas Knights. Who no. would have thought? You know, that, I know. Yeah, and,
3: and the Raiders would come out here too. They, they, we up the uh, they're going to be Las Vegas Raiders, I guess. I know. Next year or whatever. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be good for everything. I mean, you know, again, it, it's 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 going to bring more people in, but it's the the Knights thing really, really threw everybody a curveball if you will you know it's pretty
1: crazy how about this because this makes sense for the Las Vegas Raiders their first game their first halftime show it's got to be hookers and blow I mean you're in Vegas
3: well I'm a, I'm. A, I'm a, uh, me and Todd are out here but we could we could do it but you know I mean what will we do Set up on the ice and play, or the, uh, no, uh, the are r- no the Raiders. Football, the Raiders. Okay, do what they'll play. What play? You know, sit on the fifty-yard line. I mean, I've done. I played. I played the national anthem for the uh, New England Patriots. Oh, okay. the Bills. Yeah, and it was it was crazy. Sixty thousand people. Crazy, but it's also very, very scary. You know, I was like, whoa, this is about my element. You know, but the hookers and blow at the you know we could. I beat. You know, as long as the check clears, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> you know what? Now, now I'm really thinking, though, no. you guys could be the official band of the XFL when that comes back.
3: Oh, no. No? No. So I don't think we I don't think we could be the official band of anything.
1: <laughs> well, you got the XFL. I mean, doesn't uh, what's the league that Vince Neal owns a part of the band? Is that the AFL? Uh, he,
3: no, Vince was involved with. I think it was called the Outlaws. It was it was a uh, arena
1: football team. Oh,
3: okay. And and, and and Kiss had one in L.A. called I forgot the word. The, the L.A. Kiss, uh, right? Yeah, there was L.A. Kiss and the yeah. Vince and the Outlaws. I don't know how long it lasted. I don't think it's so, I I really don't follow sports that much, but oh. I mean, uh, it's it's a great idea because it's like you know rock fans and sports fans kind of the same. You know, get get a whole thing together. And it's, you know, but, you know, it's still an arena, which is like 20,000 people. It's, you know, tough to fill those things, you know?
1: Mitch, yep. do people care about the CFL? I'm sorry. Do people care about the CFL like that? Like the Grey Cup? Like who plays halftime?
3: I I I've, you know I have no idea to be honest with you. I know like you know at the bigger games it does, and when it, when you play for the NFL, it's not on TV. You play it for the fans in the in the, you know in the that are there on premises, but it's not taped or recorded. They don't announce it. It's very like more of a respectful thing, you know, as far as but I mean you know, the, like, like
1: but to Mitch like yeah. the CFL yeah. the CFL do people care about the oh. CFL like they do the NFL.
2: Uh, like the NFL, no, because it is it is local. NFL is a global market and a global audience. But, no, listen, the last Grey Cup, we had Shania Twain come out. And, you know, I think it was like two-thirds of every Canadian household watched the game. So, that is... yeah, people care. Wow. Unfortunately, I don't. People actually
3: care more in Canada, to be honest because it's it's in, in America, when you watch a game, you don't see that stuff. It's there in person. They, when, when in Canada, they show it on TV. Yeah. Is it air? Oh, okay. yeah, that's a whole different. Yeah, that's cool.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, I, as a Canadian myself, I follow the NHL. I follow some baseball and the NFL, but the CFL, I just, I, I can't. It's not It's not real football to me. Mm.
1: Sorry, Canadian fans. All right. Controversial comment from uh,
3: Mitch. I, I, I'll chime in and say I don't even know what the CFL is. Oh, so. uh, It's just the Canadian <laughs>
1: Football League. That's all it is. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. And this is, again, just the awkward <laughs> – it's just the uh, welcome, Alex Grassi. officially. I mean, this is just the awkward way to get into a conversation with somebody who calls up, rather than just say, hello, let me just start asking you questions. I like to have like an organic... No, I, I, my yeah.
0: phone
3: kicked in, you were talking about the Black Albums, like, hey, guys. Yeah. Album. I oh, thought, actually, I thought perfect. it was your voicemail.
1: <laughs> uh, no, perfect. I, I saw you uh, ringing, I picked it up, just figured, you know, whenever Mitch and I were finished with our point, you, you would be listening and we would... Uh, you know, start talking just like we <laughs> we are now. And it's uh, actually kind of ironic that because Mitch said he's going to see Hookers and Blow with the Dead Daisies. It could be some, that's going to be a fucking ridiculous tour. Uh, okay. That date, uh, August, was it the 25th? The 26th, rather.
2: 25th in Ottawa and 26th in Montreal. And then the day after the Montreal show, I turned 50 for crying out loud. Oh. So you're
3: going to be 50? See?
2: Yeah, 50 on the 27th. Yeah. So it's going to be hookers and blow, hookers and blow, and then
1: Mitch over the hill. It's
3: be <laughs> and then hookers and blow, and then hookers and blow. And then when we to- leave Canada, hookers and blow, and hookers and blow.
1: You had to go celebrate the next day, the 28th, because you guys are coming to uh, New York. So that's cool. That you're going from Montreal to New York almost, you know, with the yeah. de- day separating. And then you got Montreal and then in New York on the phone with you right now, which is, you know, it, was, it wasn't planned like that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I've actually been doing a lot of work for, for the Dead Days and stuff behind the scenes. All the postering, uh, that, you know, I, I helped set that up that, that they're doing around the town. There's an um, in store that's being done in Ottawa and an in store being done at Steve's Music in Montreal. That was all me that set that up. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. That's cool. Huh? Yeah,
3: it's going to be fun. And the great thing is, everyone knows everybody. Between, I mean, Karabi and I worked together with Stephen Adler, and and you know, um, obviously Disney played with the Daisies. We've all worked together in various things. Karabi played with Hookers and Blow, ironically, about almost a decade ago. Hmm. It's almost like we all work together in different things. It's going to be a really fun, cool vibe out there. I think you know.
1: It's like you're all friends. It's not just like two yeah. bands, you know, touring together that like each other. It's there's kind of like some. I mean, in, in, if you could put it on a, a no, positive it spin, no, it's, it's incestuous. Was no brainer.
3: It was a no-brainer. It was literally a no-brainer when they called me. They said we're family. We know each other. I said, yeah, it makes perfect. It, it literally makes perfect sense. So, it
2: really does. Now, so, now yeah. the question is, do you get to fly around on the private jet, or are you in a van?
3: No, no. I, you know, uh, there's, there's, everything's very, very, being very, very, very well taken care of. Um, and it, depending on the routing, there's no vans, either buses or jets. I don't know who's going on what. Um, I'd imagine. I mean, based on. You know, logistically, with you know, ground transportation, a couple of buses and, and a jet. I mean, I prefer going on a bus because I don't like going through airports stuff. So, it, when I don't have to, so.
1: Plus, you still um, have the. Uh, do you still have the hookers and blow van? You still have that, right? Well, that that well,
3: that we did the the holiday hangover tour back in January, and that was a bus that I I leased out of um uh, Midwest, and so it was a wrap. It. They wrapped it. They just put, right. It's, big, it's like a big sticker,
1: basically. So you, you didn't no, get to keep that? Yeah.
3: Well, no, you just release it. it's like renting an apartment or like a you know a, you know a, it's a sublet basically. Oh, so I yeah. rented the bus for a month. I had a, a company cover the bus with the wrap, with their logo on it. And um, I don't know what our bus is going to look like. Um, I don't really feel comfortable with going to the crossing into the Canadian border with a hookers and blow tour bus. If you know. <laughs> so you know, I thought I thought that one through. You know, did he go? Did he go? are going to cross the Canadian border with hookers low on the side of a 45-foot Prevo tour bus? I
1: go, <laughs> that'd
3: be awesome if we did, but I don't want to risk it. You, know? you never know.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you do change your mind, since you guys are all friends, maybe we should get an RV this time. No,
3: no, 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 no. No? You can't, no. Oh. It's, it's physically impossible. You have to, I mean, nowadays, if you're going to tour on a grounded tour, you have to be comfortable. You know, none of us are 25 years old anymore. And, you know, you just want to keep it. You know, if you're going to carry your own backline and whatnot, I mean, an RV is kind of, you can't put 20 people, 12 12 people in one of those and and being crew and backline and whatnot. So you
1: got to think, but you got to think like this could be a movie. This could be a sitcom, you know, Dead Daisies, Hookers and Blow in an RV. That's. All you no, need is Ben no, Stiller. No, no, no. no.
3: The, you know what? It's like if people always say, if people have said it to me some day. They are like, dude, you should film a, a reality show and make a documentary on tour. I go, the last thing you want after getting on stage, after being up for 12 hours, is to be filmed. You want go to sleep. <laughs> you
0: know, it's, not, it's,
3: it, it's not all fun and games. You know what? What happens on the road? On the in reason road. <laughs> so docu- there's a lot of things I don't want documented, you know
1: <laughs> no I I got you I got you you're not going to be snapchatting you're not a Kardashian I, no I get it and this is uh but this is going to be a, a, a cool tour uh, regardless so how many dates is this going to be and when does it kick off I,
3: I think it's 24 or 25 cities it starts on the 15th of uh, of August in uh, in Cleveland and we're dropping in uh, in Hollywood or you know, Los Angeles at a Roxy a uh, month later on August, um, sorry, September 16th. So basically 30, 30, 30 days, 25 shows.
1: It's cool because, you know, obviously Guns N' Roses just uh, ended their, I guess, this version of Not In This Lifetime tour because there's been so many different legs. And now you know, Slash is going to be going out with the Conspirators. Uh, Duff is doing at least one date with Loaded uh, for a charity event. So everyone's <laughs> kind of going to do their own thing. And now Dizzy with Hookers and Blow going out on the road. Uh, do you foresee? Because I mean, Richard Fortas is going to have some time off, and he used to be I, in know, the Dead I, Daisies.
3: I, have, I, have, I honestly, I have no, I, I have no idea about the ins and outs of that whole situation. I know that I was given, you know, as far as committing to Silk Workers and Globe to do that tour, you know, a block of time that GNR wasn't working, and you know, again, it's apparently people have time off. I don't know what everyone's doing, but I know that a lot of guys have been involved with that band, but. You know, I I, have no, I really have no idea. I have no clue. I just I'm dealing with our end of you know getting the band together, make sure because all the all of our guys have other gigs too. You know, it's a lot of juggling. You know,
1: right? Because Todd so. Kerns. Uh, so like who like who's in Hookers and Blow right now? Uh, cool. for,
3: but it's it's always it's always me and Dizzy that are the were the, we're sure. the newest, we, we run the name. Um, uh, we have Johnny Kelly on drums for three of the five weeks, and uh, then the first half Mr. is Kelly, uh, yeah. Mike Ducky uh from Wasp on drums. So we have two drummers nice. and Robbie Crane from Black Star Riders is playing bass. Oh wow,
2: okay. Oh wait, 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 wait. Robbie's gonna be here too? He's in Hookers and Blow for the month, yeah. So he'll he'll be yep. in Montreal?
3: Yes he will. Oh that <laughs> I like I I I love, Robbie. He's I love Robbie? with here. Yeah he's so, he's so fucking funny. He's great. He's hilarious. He's he's
2: absolutely hilarious and uh yeah, when he was here in Montreal and and in Ottawa in March, we we went for breakfast and blah blah. blah so oh no, that's good to know. He's a yep. he's good folk.
3: That guy, good 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 guy.
0: How'd good you you have him. Well, you,
3: know, it's, it's, we, you know, we really, we've always tried to make you work out, but it's, he was always out with either Black star Rider or when he was doing the rat thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It never lined up until now.
0: Oh, got kind of, his you know, time
3: off, and it kind of just the you know the universe collo- You know, kind of lined up for us. I go, Robbie, can you do these days? He goes, yes.
1: Okay. I was going to ask you how it it came about, like how he got into uh, the band this time around, but it's just, it was. He's
3: always kind of been one of the guys that we wanted to have. We just, it was never, it never lined up. It just happened to work out that way. And I believe, if I'm not correct, uh, the Daisies and the Riders did a tour together, so they all know each other. Wow. So it made perfect sense.
2: Right on. It does make perfect sense. Does that change your set list at all? I mean, do, do you throw in a Black Star Riders song? or a no, 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 you no. Know, make- you know,
3: with this tour, what we're going to do is we're going to do like, you know, the, the deep cuts that we do off Use Your Illusion and Dizzy Solo stuff and just kind of keep it real, like, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll play it based on what the crowd's like. Um, but the main thing is Dizzy's got a Dizzy's got no, so, no solo record out, the um, Rock and Roll and Easy record that we right. all played on. So we're going to mix that kind of stuff in with the regular Hookers and Blow set. But Robbie's never played with us, so we're going to start rehearsing in a couple weeks and, you know, just figure out which ones sound good and which ones don't, and, and then kind of built it from
1: there, you know? Awesome. Is this the first time, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that Dizzy's playing his solo stuff live?
3: No, no. We, we did it on the January tour. We did a couple songs.
1: Okay. Um,
3: yeah, because I played on that record. It was me, Fortis, on a couple songs. Frankie Banali from Quiet Riot did it. Uh, Chuck Wright, from Quiet Riot. Um, it's just a million guys in that record. It's really good. And I said, so, I told so busy. I go, let's just do a couple of the songs in the set. We just slowly worked them in because, right. you know, when you make a record, it's one thing, but to, to then translate twenty guitar tracks with. 15 different guitar players and drummers that were recorded over three years to four guys live on stage, take some time, do it right, you know? And the last thing you want to do is have it sound like shit. So we took some time and did it right and picked the right songs that work in a live
1: situation, you know? Oh, so you probably, we might see more songs off his, because you had more time to practice it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we, we, okay. we
3: definitely, I've, I, mean, I played on like, I think, four or five songs on the record, so we're working out those, and Robbie's learning them, and yeah, No, it's, it's we're going to see which ones sound good, because cool. again, yeah. Whatever ones you can recreate live the best. But yeah, they're, they're, he wrote some really good songs for that. I'm really proud to be a part of it. It was a lot of fun making it, too. It was, it was very, like, just like a lot like a big family making the thing. It wasn't, like, you know, high pressure or anything. It was fun. That's
1: cool, because that record was will, really well-received, uh, and just the fact that Hookers, the Hookers and Blow show speaks enough for itself, so it's like now you have something... It's like new every time. You you've joked that you've been, uh, you know, in this cover band for 15 years, but it's like you still have something new all the time. Well, no, with Hookers
3: and Blow will never record original music. However, Dizzy did. We will play those songs. Right. Hookers and Blow will never record. That's a vow we made to each other. <laughs> you know? We can cover all. We can Hookers and Blow is covering Dizzy Reid. How's that?
1: <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. That's it works. But that's like the only chance. Yep. I mean, uh, he's gonna get to play. His tunes. I mean, I, 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 no, I highly doubt that GNR's is going to do. Done it. some.
3: He's, he's done some shows with a pickup band, and he's got a couple okay. different guys to with as Dizzy Reed. But yeah, I know he, he. They're his songs. He can play wherever. I don't know, you know, you know where and when it's all going to happen after the Daisy thing. Because again, everyone's in a million different bands, and we're all touring. You know, with our day jobs, if you will. So sure. But it's going to be a great chance to get it out there, and, and um, you know, it's fun. It's fun stuff to play. It's stuff I actually played on. It's not like playing, you know, a cover of a song I had nothing to do with. You know.
2: Right on. Right. Well, let's hope they do uh, this. Don't look like Vegas, because I was written with. Uh, we are doing, that uh, we are doing that one. Do that one. of of Blackstar. So there you go. It's a connection. And Ricky
3: to Warwick about... wrote it with who's. A, it's all connected. It's all one big circle. Oh. You know. Yep.
1: <laughs> How did you go See? about uh, picking the places uh, for the tour? You're playing Highline Ballroom uh, in I the did, city.
3: I I did, I had you know that was already booked. Uh, whoever is the uh, is, did the, the, the Daisy's agent and manager handle all that and then put us on afterwards. I, I, okay. I, even though I do book shows, I did, I did book tour now.
1: Okay. All right, cool. So
3: great rooms. some really cool rooms. I mean, Harris Park. I think, Mitch, were you at the Harris Park show we did with Kevin and my, Alice Cooper and Vince Neal in 2006? Were you there? Quite possibly. I uh, yeah, last Yeah, it was 2006. It was quite right. Vince Neal and Alice Cooper, and I believe you were there.
2: Yeah, that's very no. possible. I've seen Al <laughs> yeah. tons of times. And, and by the way, you're going to enjoy this place in Montreal, the Fufun Foo Electrique, which Everyone's translates... telling
3: you that. I've, I've never heard of it. What's it like? Well,
2: when you first of all, the name it means electric ass when translated <laughs> to English. Uh, right? Electric ass. Electric ass, because Fufun Foo is, is a nice way of saying ass. Wow. And, all right. right. But it was the place that Nirvana played... Just before their first, uh, uh, Nevermind came out, so they and uh-huh. the whole show is on YouTube. You can go check it out. So it's got this historic oh, thing. Okay. And
3: I, I, okay, now yeah, I, I've seen that. yeah. So that's that's the same place. Oh, cool.
2: It's the same place. I mean, it's it's not a great place necessarily for fans because it's sort of jammed in, and and you, the, it's hard. You know, the The, the sight lines are a bit tough, but it's just the whole sweaty, dirty band vibe that's that makes it kind of cool, you know. Um, cool. You go for the ambiance if you want, and it's <laughs> you know Sebastian Bach was just there, and it was 125 degrees in the place because the Ooh. air conditioning had blown out. It was it was brutal. But oh, I saw him tweeting about that. Yeah, but what a show! Yeah, you saw him tweeting that somebody stole his <laughs> his uh, tour manager's passport.
1: But yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. it's yeah. too far. Fu- oh, yeah, about- they,
2: it, they, they got it back, but I, but I have to say, for touring bands. Putting your fanny pack on the stage rather than leaving it on the bus—probably not a good idea. (laughs)
3: Why?
1: Okay, why do you have a fanny pack to begin (laughs) with? Thank you, Alex, for saying what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right—the
2: very rock and roll fanny pack—and he stuck it right by the drum riser. But of course, everybody can reach over because the stage is tiny. And
1: yeah, that's a that's a
3: rookie
2: move right there. And who steals
1: Damn. from a fanny pack? I feel bad. I'm like, this so dude has a fanny thing, pack. No matter, I can't no steal from No matter how them.
3: things get on tour, the one thing you never lose, never leave off your body is your fucking passport. Because mm. that's the hardest thing to replace. You can cancel yeah, a credit card, you get your cash back, but a, a passport is a nightmare, especially when you're overseas. You know. Mm. So. Yeah,
2: and they had a great, great bus right out back with that. <laughs> Just leave it on the bus, or like you say, keep it in your back
3: pocket. It safe on the bus. You always yeah. put your passport on the safe, in the, in the back lounge of the bus. You know, but mm. great. Right.
2: But who knows? Anyway, so who knew? You know, strange move, but they got it back. So, Phew, good.
1: That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, how is the? Cause they're also playing. Um, I don't know if it was named after the Beastie Boys, but the Brass Monkey in Ottawa. Because I'm just curious, is there any history with that place? Because you knew about all about. Yeah, the,
3: I've never been there either. What's it like?
2: Well, I, I like the Brass Monkey. It's down in the basement. The uh, The roof, the ceiling, whatever you want to call it, is very low, so the sound uh, you know, travels like a tunnel. But right above, there is a Thai restaurant that is absolutely fantastic. It, it's, I like it's that. It's a fun room. It's a very fun room, and the guys that run it, you know, uh, Scotty and stuff, so nice, so incredibly nice. Uh, they are going to treat you like kings and... Uh, you know it's it's also right underneath a Tim Hortons that's open 24 hours a day so wow. you can go for your food you can go for coffee you can park the bus right out the back it's it's actually a very baller great yeah it's great it's great for a band um you know and and the guys who run it are super super nice whatever you need they'll take care of uh, they'll, you know, they they normally they put you down. I don't want to name the hotel, but they put you in a hotel right by the lake, <laughs> so you you've got this great view of of the water. It's, yeah, it's not it's not nickel and dime at all. It's 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 okay. Yeah, you know,
3: I, bu- I book shows there with different bands that I, you know I represent, but I've never actually physically been there. Um, but I've been to the uh, you know obviously Harris Park, and I've I've, I've I don't think I've been to the other ones actually. To be honest with you, I think they're all new to me, so I'm looking forward to it. You know. Oh, yeah, I like this,
2: and, and the Montreal one's going to be great because you're you're right next to Chinatown, and you're right across Steve's music store, which is like our guitar center. So you can go sort of geek out on, on gear and stuff right oh, before. Oh, cool!
3: Hey, what's the Phoenix, yeah. what's the Phoenix Theater like in Toronto? Because I know I think Steve from the Rockpile is involved with that one. That hey, I love, I love Steve, I love the Rockpile, but I've never been to Phoenix. What's that like? Phoenix is
2: is an old school venue, uh, you know, one of those sort of down and down and dirty places, but great rock vibe. Uh, I believe Skid Row uh, started off there, and I think Kiss did their hmm. Revenge. Was that the? No, was that Rock and Roll Heaven? Anyway, it, it's one of those classic old venues that you know cool. has a
3: rock vibe, but you know, it's not the rock pile. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be like very like. You know, I think the vibes, and like I said, we all know each other. It's not like a tour where you just go out there and it's like everyone's kind of like, oh, what's this guy about? What's this guy doing? It's like, yeah, we all, it's like, we're laughing about it already, you know? I mean, it's and hilarious. Will there be a Dizzy Reed Dead Daisies reunion? That's the real big question, right? I, I have, I have, you know what? Again, not not my
1: circus, not my monkeys, dude. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I really don't. I like that I'm, better than I'm, I'm, a no I'm, comment. I like that.
3: No, no, no. I, 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 honestly, I can't. I don't know. I mean, the thing, you, the thing about hookers and blow and everything we do, I can't answer because I don't know what's going to happen. One night it could be one thing. The next night, oh, by the way, this guy's going to play with us. Oh, so you're not playing. You know, we, you know, it's not like, it's not planned out. It's not like we have a set list and a set time and everything's in order and on track to do a quick track. It's just, it's rock and roll. We, do, so whatever happens, happens. You know.
1: Do you prefer that over than what? Because I have to imagine the quiet riot is more regimented.
3: Oh no! And, and as is GNR, as right, is sure. Alica, as yeah. As so, do you guys
1: prefer that? Like, do you and Disney prefer, you know? A well, chance you
3: prefer. Of- I I prefer both, and I'll tell you why. I like having the structure of doing a real big show, like if you play it for 20,000 people with lights and everything kind of like planned out right to a certain amount of time, where you have to go on at say eight p.m. and be off at nine fifteen. Right. You do it the right way with a rock band, a loosey goosey cover band, fun band like Hookers and Blow, or you know. Even GNR back in the day, you just kind of do it. And, we, you know, we've never, we've never made a set list. We will write it on a napkin at the last minute while the intros are rolling. In. And we just we'll do, like, the first four or five songs in order, and then Dizzy just calls them out or say, hey, let's try this song. But we, we've actually learned songs on stage. <laughs> let's try playing. I like actually, we played Freebird. In New York City. I
1: remember you were telling us that uh, last episode. Sure. That yeah, was so because cool. Because
3: we wanted to try it. It was like a rehearsal. It was like a, literally a rehearsal in front of 500 people. It made no sense, but it was, they loved it. But that's you know?
1: rock and roll. That's missing now. Because everything, yeah, it's cool that you have to be on stage at a certain point, leave at a certain point, and the business well, the, aspect. The, the, the main but... thing
3: I've noticed is a lot of bands are flying in track and they have everything queued up to, a, to, a, to, you know, to lights and the LED screen. Right. It's, it's all, it's all got to be on the the pyro. Everything's like Nickel. You go to see Nickelback, it's basically watching a computer. Just <laughs> under no disrespect, respect, they're a great band. I love that band. I love the songs, but it's very tight. You go to see Led Zeppelin back in the day, or Aerosmith, or even the old GNR. It's like dude, those guys are just going for it. They don't know. There's no click track. They're they're, all, they're, they're without a net. You know, there's no, there's no fixes, um, which is which is cool. And it's, it is kind of missing, but you know, it's kind of. It's the way technology's gone, you kind of have to do. certain. If you're going to do pyro and be in your monitors and play the tracks, you have to be that way. You can't not do it. You know? Oh,
1: with fire, yes, I understand that. But just as far as like what, <laughs> that has to be practiced, because even when it's practice, you can have a James Hetfield incident or something.
3: <laughs> yeah, you never know what's going to happen with that because it's again, it's, you're still every night's a different venue, you know
0: yeah thats
3: so, not, it's, yeah. it's nice to do, you know it's, it's nice to have the the, the outlet to just go for it and play music the way you did when you were fifteen years old that's basically what we're doing you know
2: i 'll add in this this one detail about those two venues in Ottawa and Montreal. The Montreal one has a hard curfew at eleven, so the show's going to have to start like at
3: six thirty mm. yeah but, no I, I, a lot of them are you know there' actually wow. a lot of them are pretty they 're proper venues that either close or have like a dance club afterwards, which you know again I prefer right. to play earlier and, and do it and just Again, it's not like back in the day when you do a club day where you are going at midnight. It's like it's a weeknight. Well, people want to, you know, see, they, that's the they, Ottawa one. We're all the getting Ottawa one now. is going to start you at eleven o'clock. Okay. Okay. Well, either way, whatever they want to do, because again, it depends on the market too. Because some places people are used to going out late at night. People in some places people are used to going out at 8, 8, eight o'clock and seeing the show. So you never know. You know, it depends on the market. Right on. So. Oh, good. Yep. I'm looking forward to actually seeing those places because everyone, all my Canadian friends are like, dude, you're playing there? I go, yeah. be so great. Mitch, I have a question for you. The Elmo Combo. When I was a kid, I, I, had, I had Steve Ray Vaughn on, on VHS playing live at the Elmo Combo, and my, now my buddy, the singer, Rick Stitch from Hotel Diablo, is now working for them. What's happening? Wow.
2: Well, listen, that place is best known for that secret Rolling Stones show back in the 70s. That ended up being an album, and April Wine had opened. That, again, is one of those classic venues that has stood the test of time and been rejuvenated and refurbished, and that's just a great, great place in the history. I mean, you know, the Rolling
0: Stones, man.
2: The
3: Rolling Stones. Is it the Canadian Whiskey or PBGB type place, or...?
2: You know. Fufoon is more CBGBs and um, uh, El Macombo is more uh, yeah whiskey-ish kind of thing. That cool. cool. of vibe. yeah, so you're you're gonna dig that. It, it's and you know it's right in the. We're not in, playing in there. there. My buddy's
3: working there. I just want to check it out while I'm there if I can if I have time. Oh.
2: oh, you'll have time. And and <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's going to be a lot of time to get around town, but it, it's I, a great I, place. I
3: can only imagine, yes. Yeah.
2: But I, I do want to ask you about that because. You are a a booker, a booking agent,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you don't know a lot of these rooms. Do you, do you sort of look at this as a a chance to to see whether or not you want to put bands in these venues? Do you sort of walk in and and, and have a critical eye and say, hmm, yeah, maybe I shouldn't put my bands in this. Like, are
0: you well, going to be doing you know some what? research? It's, it's, for I walk one, a very.
3: Fine, yeah, that, that's a great question, Mitch, because I walk a very fine line as a musician and an agent. I'm like, okay, every room works for certain people like so there's a room i put like say faster pussycat in and then a room that uh you know say slaughter would be great in but they wouldn't work you know vice versa so you walk in and go oh, this would be a great room for mike tramp or whoever you know it's so it's really based on a client um i'm not you know i'm really looking at this I'm, I'm out there playing with disney and having fun but i'm also like you know it's it's also the promoter too it's like who's in charge of everything you know because most of the time the room the club itself is not the one you know cutting the checks and doing all the business, you have to deal with the guy. It's I'm really more about who's in charge and who's cutting the checks and who's going to do the right thing contractually and, and financially than, the, than the, the show itself. I mean, I'd rather get paid to play a dump than get stiffed at a killer radio sure. what I mean,
1: so is that what happened right. when, uh, like, for ex- like an example, from Mitch's question, when Hookers and Below played Revolution uh, in Amityville, Long Island? Now, I, I know this summer, I, I can't wait to go faster, Pussycat with our friends from uh, Paradise Kitty it could be playing Revolution. Mm-hmm. So was it something that, like, and I know you're, are you promoting that tour, booking that tour? Yeah,
3: no, I, I booked I book Kitty and Pussycat, So was
1: yeah. that something like, oh, hey, I, I played this with Hookers and Blow, you know who would be great here? Faster Pussycat. So was that an example? No, so
3: actually, ironically, I found out about that room through Pussycat because they've been playing it for years. Ah, it's, okay. To, but, but the thing is, there's New York City. There, you no, I put I have Kitty at the um, at the Fifty One in in Queens, in New York City proper, basically. You know, in that area, sure. and then forty minutes later, there's Black, you know, the, the Revolution. So it's kind of one of the other. So rather than try to put both on one night, it's both in different nights.
1: Oh, okay, um, nice.
3: You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's kind of like Kmart and Walmart. You know, they're both <laughs> they do what they do, and you know they're all they're all great friends of mine. It's just kind of like Pussycat. I mean, the Revolution is uh, bigger than the. Um, in the Blackthorn, but Blackthorn, Kitty works better because it's a kind of cool, all-girl GNR band. It just, it just, you just, You kind of vibe it out. It's like, oh, you know, this will work good here. You ever walk in a room and go, I could see so-and-so playing on this stage. Sure. And then cool. you go, wait, so-and-so's playing here? Like, you know, you wouldn't book, you know, there's certain artists at work and certain – you just you know, put them in the right place. You know, everyone's got their element.
1: Well, I think it's going to be my first experience. I don't know if I've ever been to the Highline Ballroom here in the city.
3: I haven't either, actually.
1: Yeah, a lot of the places... I the
3: Bowery, Bowery Ballroom, I don't know, is that
0: still there?
1: Yes. Yeah, a lot of places, though, I was just going to say, are gone. Like, Roseland, I used to go to all the time, gone. B.B. Yeah. King's just left. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to and especially since it's on a Saturday, my...
3: What's the, high, the Highland Ballroom like?
1: I, I mean, I've never been there. I'm assuming it might be like yeah, the Hammerstein either. or Hammerstein, however you pronounce it. I'm. Assu-
3: Anytime you do New York, it's got to be, you know, it's always on a weeknight, too. They, you know, New York City on a weekend, the shows never do well. You want to play early on a weeknight because people are still in the city then, you know, as far as industry people. And sure. uh, I don't remember, what was the other place? Arlene Grocery still open, a little tiny place. Got, uh, that place is cool.
1: I haven't been um, there. I got to go, because uh, obviously now he's on tour with GNR, but Frank Farrar's, uh band, uh, Mule Kick. No, that's a a lot. great.
3: It's a perfect. I got that's where my first band, Angry got a record deal that night at Arlene's.
1: Oh wow! Okay. It's literally
3: a grocery store. It was a grocery store. They got it and put a stage. It's called Arlene Grocery. That's it. That's why they kept the name.
1: Right on. Yeah, I got to get. Um, uh, also, Tommy London, who's like, you know, he has his own music out, and he's good friends with uh, with Gaga. He's always putting on these five dollar rock shows. Like I said, with uh, with Mule Kick at Arlene's Grocery. I mean, I keep hearing about it. I gotta, I gotta stop working so much. And go to <laughs> more of these shows, but that's why I'm going. Oh, we yeah, I, well, I mean, when you're working, you're going to a show, and when Mitch is working, he's going to a show. Me, I'm usually in a studio <laughs> talking about a show.
3: You know what? In all honesty, and I think Mitch can vouch for this. When I'm mostly working, it's in front of a fucking laptop now. I'm mm. working, so, you know, <laughs> yeah.
0: uh,
2: you know, I, I will say this about shows: people think that it's so exciting to go to all these shows and you get to see all these great bands. And I'll I'll give you an example: I was at M3 in may yep. and m3 but has you know 25 half bands
3: half, half m3, yeah yep
2: i saw about 15 minutes of ace fraley the rest of the time i was backstage waiting for an interview doing an interview setting up an interview uh, when you work it you actually don't see a lot of it it's like
3: being no, you're on you're on the clock you know it's like right. when i played m3 the co- you know with quiet right the, the most i saw about that show was when i played it <laughs> and then i'm out saying oh my i saw 45 minutes wait that was me playing now i gotta go backstage and do this and that and you know i'm not you know i'm not working but it's just you know you're talking to people you're sure. seeing old friends and everyone knows everybody it's like a big high school reunion, like. It's almost like a high school reunion without with a band playing. That no one's paying attention to the band in the industry, you know. Mm. Which is you know which is fine, but yeah, I, I feel the same way, dude. Totally. That and, and um, the, with those cruises it's the same thing too. You're you're always talking to everybody. I crew uh, is gone when I get off one of those,
1: and you have nowhere to go. <laughs> like you
2: can't. I'm not either. on the cruises, <laughs> and for me, it's not a complaint. I'm not I'm not whining no, that no, I don't. No. Cruise, I, dude, but, you know
3: what? I look forward to those every year. They're so much fun. It's just like oh my god. It's like. This is this is pretty surreal. You're out in the middle of the ocean with all everyone you know, every band you love, growing up, and here we all are in the middle of the ocean. You know, it's crazy. Oh, that's so no amazing. land. You can see land, but we can see each other. You know,
2: I need to get on one of those cruises at some point. That, but but Me anyway, too it's, yeah, it's it's just funny that that you go out there and people go, oh, you got to see Y and T and Sebastian Bach, and, the, and you go yeah no, i didn't we're there like nah yeah but you don't understand <laughs> so.
3: no yeah I, I i had to eat sleep work talk to people i mean i think on the last cruise at quiet riot that i watched maybe one or two of the bands that were you know, the other bands were on it. the other time i was either you know in my cabin sleeping with my girlfriend or you know getting some food walking around you know playing in the casino just doing normal stuff like I don't, the last thing i want to do after getting off stage is go hear another band. My ears <laughs> are shot. I'm like, mm. oh, yeah. So I just stood in front of Wall of Marshalls for 20 minutes or 40 minutes. Now I'm going to go stand in front of another one and then another one. You know, it's a, it's work. It's, you know, you got to get it, you know, break it up. So I totally get it.
1: Not even on this uh, upcoming tour with the Dead Daisies and with a relaxed, uh, more relaxed attitude. I mean, you're still being professionals uh, about it, but... Just going on, like if you're gonna to go to like that, uh, what do you say? It was Ottawa that closes at eleven. If you no Montreal closes
2: Mon- at eleven, Ottawa starts you at eleven. It drives me up a freaking wall Small. leaving there at three in the fucking morning. No offense. You know, That's you know, what, you know
3: what it really comes down to. Is it's everyone always asks me this. It's all about where the next show is. Now, if True. the next show is two hundred miles away, you can have the driver get up at eight a.m. and you have breakfast, at, and then. Get Tim Hortons and drive casually to the next venue. If it's 700 miles away, you're getting off stage. You get right on the fucking bus and leave it. It's about mileage. So you base your after hours, after show shenanigans on what how many miles you have to go, you know, or how many flights you have to catch. I mean, sometimes a quiet ride, it's like we do at noon or 3 a.m. It doesn't matter. It depends on where we're going and what the flights are like or the tour bus. So it's, it's really about mileage and routing. So um, there's definitely going to be some nights off, I and mean, we have a couple nights off in Nashville, which is going to be fun, um, and a couple in Texas. But it's, it's, it's pretty much pretty solid. We're working every night, so it's, it's going to be pretty, uh, not grueling, but definitely, you know, all business.
1: How are things with Quiet Riot right now? No, it's working
3: a lot it's great i mean it's it's definitely i mean I haven't really unpacked my suitcase all summer, so I'm happy about that
2: let me ask one it. question about that. you just played that show with rat the new rat the new breed how the how new new that... new rat like how What's
3: right rat? <laughs> well you know what it, it's it's rat whether you know whether people like it or not it is rat and al you yeah know, they were great there were a lot of tickets were sold and the just the two bands together people had a great time and you know, I was there on stage watching 3,000 people sing both Quiet Riot and Rat songs, and people were loving it. They wanted to wow. motherfucking it on the internet. Well, they weren't there. I was, and it was fun. You know, Piercey sounded great. The two new guitar players are great. Um, and Juan, you know, he's kind of like they're He's kind of like their Michael Anthony as far as background vocals go. So yeah, it was really good. It was, you know, it was whether you like it or not, it was Rat. And it, I, 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 bought it and I liked it, and everyone had a good time. At the end of the day. People come to those shows to hear the music they like. So just, just go and have fun. Don't worry about who's on the guitar, who's doing this. I mean, there's a million different reasons why people aren't there. And it's none of their business. It's and so, my riot. I agree with or, you, or, by the way. The right I, I
2: agree with that because people look right now. There's another band out there that has an original vocalist and bass player, and they're called Judas Priest. And nobody ever says, oh, it's fake Judas Priest. But yeah. because it's Stephen Piercy. Oh, well, it's fake. No, it's not fake.
3: Rat. You know what? No, there's no fake anything. It, you know, here's the thing. You go on the internet, you go on Mouth, whatever. Yeah, you want to? There's like 18 people that comment about, oh, that's not really Rat. But I saw 3,000 that thought it thought it was had a great time and you know they enjoyed less for two hours. It was the same and thing, thing with John's Guns N' Roses, and of course, for all those years. You know what? I saw every version of that band and I loved all of them because I loved the music. It's all about the music. That's what it comes down to. The music and the vibe and what it brings them back to. And these, you know, you know, I mean, I'm, you know I'm, looking, I'm on stage looking at the crowd going, these guys are 56 years old, but they're remembering what it was like to be 20, singing, you know, round and round or bang your head. They're having a great time. That's our job. We're entertainers. I don't give a fuck what people say about who's in what band or who
1: isn't. You know, okay. it's I,
3: with you. I don't come to, I, I don't tell you how to cook, cook your cheeseburgers. do will tell me how to play
1: guitar. Okay. No. <laughs> you know, this got me. I totally uh, agree with you. I mean, same here. I mean, and this got me thinking. And this was a, a fan question for you, Alex. Uh, one, you were Janie Lane's uh, guitarist in 2006-ish. Right? I, I did. I, I, I did like uh, probably about hmm, 20, 30 shows with him as his solo guitar player, but we mainly
3: played Warrant songs, so it really wasn't his solo guitar player.
1: So you know? wait, what was that experience like? Because, I mean, of course, you know, rest in peace, peace Janie, but at the time it was like, you know, Warrant, I mean, I, I, they're still touring, I guess, but when he was no, alive, no, no, there no, Warren, was a little... No,
0: Robert
3: Mason singing for Warrant, and the Warrant, they're they're great, they're a great band, they got a really dialed in, they're, they're really tight and everything, and Janie was touring with him, and, you know, he was just, you know, he was he was a lot of fun, he was a lot of, he was very, he was actually one of the funniest dudes ever, if you really got to know him. And he, that guy could write, just bring the phone book to three chords and make it a hit song. He had that thing. Kind of like Butch Walker, you know?
0: Oh, okay. I don't know if
3: you're, a, like, I'm um, South Gang, Marvelous Three and then he went on to write for Pink and, and whoever else. But he had that, he had that Butch Walker thing. Where he, I mean, we didn't even sit on the couch with two guitars and just he'd play three chords and just write a hit. I'm like, dude, that's a hit. He's, well, I don't know what he just did. I go, write it down. I actually have, you know, we wrote some songs together, but obviously we are never going to do anything. But, okay. yeah, no, he just, he was very, he was very, uh, he was a nice guy. And so that was heartbreaking, man, really much, you know?
1: Yeah, that's why, you know, this to go along with what you both are saying. It's just, no matter what you think the version is, these people are enjoying themselves playing music yeah. and songs that we all love.
3: The best example of that is my, I'll never forget when I was a kid, my mom would, I'm going to the village people. I said, the village people? This is like 1996, seven. I was still in high school. And she was going to Mohegan Sun Casino when they first opened to see the village people. I go, and they are all these skinny little kids with six packs, like Chippendales looking dudes. There's like Indiana cop and, you know, cowboy, whatever. Sure. Basically, it was the village people, but they they jobbed it out to five kids that were, you know. Oh, right. I I don't know who the original village people were, they never had a name there was the cowboy there was a the cop there was a the guy they had they, they, they were they loved, avatars they played, yeah. y, they played YMCA and everyone fucking loved it
1: <laughs> you know that could be Kiss in a few yeah. years right Mitch
3: oh that's gonna be Kiss yeah be, it, it, it will be Kiss that could it, actually pull that off I think
1: you know there, there will be a uh, hologram well, there. sooner so. than later mm. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I think people just want to hear the music and, and the brand, and I think that's why it's so well, awesome. The choir, right, is still doing like its our, thing.
3: Our bodies aren't built to last, but the art and the work we do is. Yeah. So when we're all dead and gone, it's still going to be there. Why not celebrate it?
1: And that's why— and It
3: should be, yeah. And it's the people that helped create it, you know?
1: And again, to full circle, that's why Appetite, Appetite is still is back in the top 10 after 29 years. It's the songs. You know, it's yeah. that that lasts. So that's a uh, yeah. Look at that; it all it all ties in together. You know, the conversation. Yeah, no, comes. you know, you
3: could have the greatest image in the world and the best shtick and whatnot, but you got to have the fucking song and the hit, the the three chords. You know, I mean, I just saw Eddie Money tonight, and I couldn't oh, believe wow. every song. Eddie, every song's a hit. You don't realize how many hits that guy has.
1: Eddie Money's awesome. He
3: plays <laughs> for sixty minutes, and it's like every song was a big hit. And you know, he's had his kids playing in his band. He's having a good time. He's flutes. You know, it's, it's not, you know, it was everyone was having fun in the room, the band and the audience.
0: That's what And that
3: means a lot more to me than seeing people on the internet saying, oh, it's not really any money, man." I remember Richie so-and-so from 1984. Yeah, really do? No one else did. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I know. So, those comments, man, especially, uh, I don't know why why Blabbermouth out of all of them that seemed to happen. Yeah, you
3: know, I don't really care. It it, at the end of the day, it doesn't it's, matter. At the end of, I'm still working. Everyone's still working, and it's a lot, I mean, who cares? Like, when I was a kid, I couldn't, there was no internet. Like I couldn't, when, when, when you know, when uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, when, when Motley Crue got John Carabi instead of his skills, like I couldn't say I like you better. No, I just said, okay, he's a new singer for Motley Crue. I'm good, still going to support my band that I like, you Gee, know, yep. when you're going back to sports, when the Red Sox or the Yankees or the whoever gets a new pitcher, you support him because he's on your team. Am I correct?
1: It's funny. I was, I was Absolutely. just. Absolutely. We're thinking. We're on the same page, Alex. That's so funny. I was literally just about There's to say to team. Mitch, "Do I still have to support John Tavares now that he's a Leaf? Do I have to do that, or do I just, I still support the Islanders? But do I have to?" So su- you
2: support the Islanders, but you don't support the Leafs. Okay.
3: <laughs> Daryl Strawberry went from the Mets to the Yankees, and he was my favorite ball player, i was like, what do I do now?
1: I know. So, yeah, a lot of people. I love like like Daryl
3: Strawberry, but I love the Mets. I kept with the Mets. You know, had
1: to. Or Johnny Damon, he went from the Red Sox, right? You Oh, that was that was a big one. John, didn't Nomar go to? You know, no, was, Nomar was always Dam, a big Sox. Dam, 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 Damon was a the Yankees. That was
3: heavy.
1: That was. Heavy. <laughs> Wade Boggs, you know, he finally won his championship as a Yankee. Couldn't win it as I, a. I yes. Yeah, yes, so no, you're right. You're you're sure, absolutely okay. right. You don't, I often use sports analogy because that's what a lot of this. Uh, Same you know, thing. Yeah. What's the difference? You er, yeah. you love the Yankees,
3: okay? Well, yeah, but fuck the Red Sox. But we got we got, you know, so and so. Well, he's a Red Sox. No, he's a Yankee now. Well, what's the fucking difference, guy? Really, you know? Think about it.
1: That's why I love it. It's the, it's the jersey. You're rooting for the jersey. So that's why, you know, yeah, you root for the, the hookers. You root, you root for the hookers and blow jersey. You root for the Dead Daisies jersey, even though they've had a lot of people on their roster. You root
3: for anything you believe in. I mean, in all honesty, like, it's a kiss. I mean, I like no matter who's in the band, I want to see shit blow up, and I want to hear a <laughs> fucking love gun. I don't care. <laughs> yes.
1: If you, I don't care if it's yeah. Scott
3: Coogan, Paul Stanley, or who, you know, or fucking... Jakey Lee singing, for that matter. I want to hear those songs the shit blow up. That's a Kiss show.
1: I will tell <laughs> you. I I don't know how far they they tour, or if they're still doing it. But uh, ever hear of mini Kiss? They're
3: uh, dude, well, yeah. Very, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, very well. Actually, yeah.
1: Um, well, they, they, there's two yeah. versions.
3: There's one that they, they, they well, okay. They, there's one version that does like they play the karaoke tracks. They have cardboard guitars.
0: Oh no,
1: this was a real to Oh,
3: okay. they actually plug in and play. Yeah.
1: How is it? It was... I've only seen the, the karaoke version. It was... It was. I mean, this was, like, years ago, like, in college days. I mean, the fact that they... Tra- it was, like, so much money. It was so crowded, but it was entertaining. <laughs> it was entertaining to hear love yeah, going. I love. mean, yeah. it, okay,
3: okay. You really can't go wrong with little people. I don't know what the politic, po- political... It's professors. little people, yeah. No, you're or, right. Yeah. Whatever. I don't... I don't really care. Um, but... Uh, and then you have Kiss. But they did the Viper one night, and I'm like... The curtain opened. It was like, it was all on tape. Oh, man. And then I was in the bathroom and Minnie Paul, who was a really short, I'm talking like three feet tall, came in and peed next to me. I'm like, oh, my God. I got to get out of here. <laughs> That's I got to of- go home. I got to call it a night right now. Get into a, a three foot Paul Staley. He's like, hey, man. I go, like, good show, guys. He's like, yeah, you know, it, it sounds so good up there I go, Well, you weren't playing. <laughs> like, it did, wait, wait, you're worried about the sound?
1: <laughs> oh, that's There's, you've had a lot I'm sure a lot of moments like what the where the fuck am I, Alex? And that no, I'm sure it, it, it know, i sure was one of the
3: but again, you know what? Everybody had fun. The band had fun, but yeah, it was sold out, it was packed, and it was it was great. It was a good time. Absolutely. Isn't that what rock and roll's about?
1: absolutely and that's what this uh yeah. this podcast is about so I really appreciate you taking uh time because I know we've we've been talking for a little bit now I mean Mitch I don't know when you got to go because you have a million interviews uh lined up yeah I mean I had I had Lou Graham on today so and and I have yes to do next
2: so yeah I've got I've got a bunch to do today and and I do have to take the wife to supper actually
1: because uh, wife to supper pre- wow you could not have said that more white yeah I Summer? know
2: but
3: I mean what do you what are you gonna do, right? I
2: mean, uh,
1: between <laughs> interviews and stuff, you still gotta take care of the
3: family sometimes, right? So. Oh, I know, I know. Just tell me about it. I'm feeling it right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm gonna go to Red Lobster tonight with my girlfriend. Maybe, possibly, if you know, maybe live it up.
1: Ooh, well, <laughs> I don't. Wow. I don't want to interrupt your supper. So I guess before I let you, uh, you both go. Uh, Alex, I mean, tell us like everything. I mean, obviously, is there like a what's the the main page we should go to to check out the tour dates? You know, anything. Uh, you know, Hookers and Blow and Dead Daisies. Like, where should we? Where I should mean, we
3: the, I mean, from we. Oh, I only have a Facebook page for Hookers and Blow, and the Daisies seem to do run everything off their page. So I can I, I can email you those links. Um, just go on Facebook, the Hookers and Blow, Dead Daisies. They're both the main ones that pop up. They're both up there, and and all the dates are there and ticket links and whatnot.
1: And, uh, and and then where's quite right at the moment? Because I know, are you taking a break? It's where? You know, touring? Where? No, we're we're, we're we're
3: I'm doing a lot of juggling, but I'm doing all of it. It's all worked out. Um, the next show we have, I believe, July 27th in New York, what, you, Upstate New York.
1: Oh, I was about to say like where? Yeah, Upstate. So, uh, but yeah. Well, wow, you are a, a busy, in busy man. New York. Maybe I'll come and check that show out. Good point. It's in L- Leroy, New York, I believe. Jam on the Ridge, it's called.
3: So it's like a little outdoor festival. It's cool. Really cool. Really cool place. That'll be fun. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Let me know if you want tickets, and I'll, I'll take care of everything. It's it, it's, it's going to be like a, and then after that we go. I mean, honestly, we're all over the place. I mean, I'm literally moving. I'm just. I'm not kidding when I say I've not unpacked. I've literally not unpacked. You know.
1: Yeah. Why? Like, why should you? You know. But that's kind of. Well, you've been living that life for. You know, for for so many years. i Are you? I've been on the road
3: to... since 1997. <sighs> 97. I've I've not stopped.
1: I mean, obviously, you love it because you're still doing it. And every chance. Well, I, don't, you, and I
3: can't do anything else. you know? Well, every time you have a chance to. And, and yeah, I do love it. It's, and it's also one of those things where it's like, you know, as we all get older, it's like, you know, you, myself, Mitch, we're all cut from the same cloth. We're big rock and roll fans. And no matter what, doing what we do, whether it's doing an interview or doing a podcast or doing a show, it's, it's involved with music. And we're lucky to do it. So why not? What are we going to work at fucking. Radio Shack or Starbucks or well, not Ra- Tim Hortons
1: well if you work at Radio Shack you have another problem because that's no longer in existence but no, I got your, pro- I got your point I don't believe
3: <laughs> I I'm, I'm going I'm to go on record I don't believe
1: that there might I, be like I, you know the original I somewhere there's got to be
3: one somewhere
1: Come on, <laughs> I'm sure in problem. Wyoming or, or something <laughs> where they still you know, don't know, have internet
3: Radio Shack left in like Arkansas somewhere like, <laughs> they, have like, they have like one battery for sale
1: I love it but, Arkansas, but the point so. being which is why Hookers and Blow is so cool I mean yes this is what you do for for a living, but any chance you get to like possibly take a few weeks off or a month off, I was like, no, I want to keep touring. I want to be with my friends. I want to play music. Yeah, you know,
3: you know, the thing, you know, the best way I can, the best analogy I can make is, I talk, I talk to this guy. I go, you know what it's like? You know, how you go fishing or hunting with your buddies, or go, you know, camping to get away for a week. Hocus is always like that. It's like a big camping trip. We just go and have fun. We're not. There's no pressure. We literally do not care. We're like. Sure, we'll play 20 minutes. I'll make it 15. We don't care. Cut our set. Let's just just have fun. We're here. You know, as long as we you know, we're having, you know, doing our thing and and, and entertaining people, we don't need to make it high pressure and, and you know, put a lot of expectations on what we want to accomplish because you do that with your day job. This is like a it's like a, it's a hobby. If it, even that, it's fun, you know. It's like playing golf. It's great right, hobby. You know? It's a great great hobby. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean I never right. played golf. I, can't, I I've tried them horrible at it. I can't... Mini-golf?
1: What about mini-golf? I, t- I have
3: done that, and that is fun. But that's also... <laughs> it's like, okay, but it's not very entertaining for me. But I see these guys as golfers, and they're, you know, they're doctors, lawyers, dentists, and they... they Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, know, you know, I mean, I, I don't get it, but I see these guys that do it. I go, well, I guess hookers most of me playing golf. I just go out there and do it for fun. I mean, when you're playing golf, I mean, you're not com- being up Tiger Woods. You're not, you know... You're just playing golf, drinking beer during the day and having fun. It's kind of the same thing. True. You know? yeah. Only with guitars.
1: Yeah. You know? I love it. I mean, Alex. I, I pre- so that's why I really appreciate the fact that you know you, you squeeze me in during all the t- you know the time. Any that you're time, on the road. Of
3: course, yeah. No, I'd, like to, I'd like to go in there when we're in New York. I again, I don't know what the logistics are. You know, are uh, time wise, but I'd like to for sure.
1: Yeah. No. Let me know. I would love to you know officially meet you because I know I think this was your your third appearance on uh, the AFD show. I think Mitch's third as well. You're both in the three the three timers club. That's right. Just um, Wait. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> but I, I said because uh, I also said to you, you no, know, please extend the invitation to the Dead Daisies, John Karabi and uh, the the rest of the crew. And I also said this to um, uh, to Rachel Ryan from Faster, oh, excuse me, from not from Faster Pussycat, from uh, Paradise Kitty. Yeah, Paradise Kitty, who are going to be with Faster Pussycat, come on down, bring bring them down to the studio. You know, so yeah. uh, you know, I know it's that's so cool that you all kind of know each other and to have you to, to having had all conversations with you all. You know, hopefully, future conversations with Fester and, uh, and 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 Dad, but you know, the any conversation with Alex is a is a good one. So this was a you know. Oh, well,
3: you're very kind because I don't agree with Alex. <laughs> <Yeah,
1: thank> you. <laughs> no, you're. You, you, yeah, it's cool. So I, I really appreciate it. So you you sir, enjoy your red lobster, and uh, we'll talk soon.
3: Okay, and we might go to Alpac. I'm not sure yet. So <laughs> sure I
1: those. All right. Well, enjoy the bloomin' onion or the bloomin'. Oh, lobster, you know, one or the other.
3: Or, or, or maybe, maybe just not go out at all. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> either way, I don't care.
1: Neither should anybody. You're going to have the hookers <laughs> and blow attitude towards dinner tonight. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Tie everything together.
3: All right, man. Hey, Mitch, great talking to you guys. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. I will, um... My, my,
2: my yes interview is calling in, so i got to get to the other line.
3: All right, Mitch. Mitch, uh, give, me a, give me hit me up this week on Facebook, and I, I want to talk about the Toronto and Montreal thing and whatnot. So we can make okay. sense. Thanks, good. Mitch. Okay. I love
1: you, buddy. Talk to you soon, Alex. How many people have to, you know, put you on hold to go talk to the band? Yes. So I'm sure you can catch that amongst all of Mitch Lafon's interviews on Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. On the uh, the Westwood One uh, podcast network as a part of uh, Chris Jericho's network.
2: Stupid idiot.
1: Yes, but as far as the AFD show, uh, that concludes episode seventy three. You could find us on the iHeart Radio app. You can find us on Spreaker, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, iTunes. We are still there, and to reflect, and I'm going to always, I'm still going to bring attention to it. Because it's still a big uh, topic of conversation. It was a, a conversation a few episodes ago about copyright, copyright democracy. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, please do so. It affects you, the fans, the real fans of Guns N' Roses. Yes, the people who you know, only want to do good by other people, the good-hearted Guns N' Roses fans. So uh, check that out. And I believe we're going to have another conversation like that about how— Fans operate within the online GNR community. We're going to do so regarding the leaks the Chinese democracy leaks that happened all those years ago and the recent ones with some of the remixes that brain did uh, the house of blue show. So we're going to get on uh, a cool panel to talk about uh, all those happenings in the GNR online community. Uh, so as far as episode uh, 73 is concerned, that is it the next episode of the AFD show. Well, you can always keep track of when it's going to happen on uh, facebook.com slash the AFD show, Twitter, follow us at uh, the AFD show, and you can also, um, when you're on Facebook, rather, you can rank us or rate us, I should say. So please uh, give us five stars, you know, and a few kind words, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, but in the meantime, when are you going to see the next episode of the AFD show? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. No! Fuck it!